Hello, Business Made Simple professionals. Welcome to the podcast that takes the mystery out of growing your business. This week, we're answering the question, how can your business ride the post-COVID wave? We're going over the predictions of what you can expect in quarter two of this year and how your business can be prepared for the changes that'll come as the world emerges from COVID. So to get started, here is your host, Donald Miller, and co-hosts Kula Callahan and Dr. J.J. Peterson. On this week's episode, you guys, Joshua Dubois is back. We love Joshua. Yes. He has a company called Gage.ai. That's where he's at in Washington, D.C. And he basically predicts the future. He surveys like 10,000 people every day, nearly. And he helps us understand where the trends are going, which waves to catch. And obviously, that's important because things are changing. All of us in this room have been vaccinated, at least with the first round. Uh, one out of six adults in the United States is now fully vaccinated. By the end of May, the overwhelming majority of the population will be vaccinated. By July 4th, the government is saying life could be back to something that looks like normal. By football season, when you're watching football and the stands are full, forget it. It's over. <laughs> if you aren't vaccinated, <laughs> you need to wear a mask or whatever, stay in your bubble, because it's going back to normal. That's going to require some changes in the way you do business because life will not go back to an absolute normal. Like Joshua said last time we had on, it's a hybrid normal. So I want to look back. Let's look back a year ago today and ask ourselves, what were you thinking life was going to become and did it become that? What changed? Yeah. I mean, I remember at the beginning trying to like keep things like w knowing that it was a difficult situation, right? Not trying to gloss over where we were at but also trying to make the best of it. And, you know, we did that creatively at StoryBrand, you yeah. know, and Business Made Simple. We tried to come up with new products, new ways of engaging our Boy, customers. we got a lot of work done. Yeah. How has it changed for you as, and cool, I'm curious, how has it changed as a consumer? Because it's hard to actually think about how different it is. It's extremely different. I have something to confess. I was not an Amazon shopper until March of 2020. Like ne had never purchased a single thing on Amazon. Are you serious? Yes, how, I know. How? I'm kind of. I Are have you, no idea. You're not idea. a Prime member. No, I joined Prime literally last March. I had never done it before ever. Were you and it was because your Whole own Foods. Food? How did you? <laughs> I guess I just ran like a ton of errands, but I never yeah. ever bought anything online. I didn't shop online. I hated online shopping because it's just way easier for me to spend pointless money online. But now everything is delivered to my house. Every single thing I could possibly need is delivered to my house. Yeah. So toothpaste, dog food, um, you know, vacuum cleaners are delivered to my house. <laughs> Cleaning supplies, golf clubs, like literally everything. Yeah. I kind of went through this experience of shedding a lot of unnecessary stuff, as I'm sure a ton of people have in their personal life and even in their business. Like, what am I spending a ton of time and energy on that really isn't worth it for me, whether it's not serving me personally or it's a ton of energy I'm wasting trying to put something together in my business that's just not worth it. It's not producing the profit that I thought it was. I went through this process of just getting rid of a lot of stuff, and it gave me tremendous focus on what I wanted to do with my time. You know, what was surprising for me was actually the amount of clarity and focus that I feel like I've gained over the last 12 months that there's no way that would have happened if life right. had continued. It's the funny way it how you know, the pressure of that heightens your focus and heightens your intensity. It really does. JJ, as a consumer, did anything change for you? Same with Kula. Like I just now you order start everything. Things. Yeah. Uh, I will <laughs> I will get like a $12 pint of ice cream delivered versus going out, you know, like just like- <laughs> It's also well, we, have a friend, we have a friend named Beth. I won't yeah. name her, but her name is Beth. <laughs> 
she actually has coffee delivered. Yeah. And I'm like, Beth, yeah. do you microwave it when it gets yeah. there? How are you getting your coffee delivered? Okay, are you spending money on anything that you used to not spend money? I'll go first because I did. cooking. I didn't yes. cook. I mean, I cooked occasionally. Yeah. I, yeah. I would barbecue meat. Now I'm like sous vide master. I am cooking almost every day. Yeah. I, I've ordered my own set of knives. Yep. I've gotten into <laughs> Honestly, I've had, game I have changer. two different sharp walks. Knives. Yeah, sharp knives are a game changer. Two different walks. I'm Googling recipes all the time. I mean, I'm the guy now when Betsy walks into the kitchen and says, Oh, I would I'm like, get out. <laughs> like when I when I, I need a sous chef, yeah. I'll call you. Oh my yeah. god! But I'm head chef, so and she's yeah. just like, "You're ruining this kitchen." <laughs> That's but, so good. Yeah, no, I'm cooking. That's a whole new yeah. thing I'm spending money on. Well, you know, last year I remember about this time we really pivoted our message because what we were noticing is everybody needs a sales funnel. Everybody needs a way to communicate with their customers digitally. And if everybody would have done what we've said to do over the last few years, you wouldn't need this podcast anymore, right? <laughs> you create a sales funnel, start emailing people. And we really, without knowing it, Kula and JJ, we positioned our company as the life raft. Yeah. We really did. We said, look, it, this is going down. Well, now we're thinking about the new message, which is get on this ship. We're sailing. We're riding this wave. Get on this surfboard. We're riding it. And uh, we are because the economy is going to come bustling back. And if you are, if you don't have a clear message, forget it. And if business is a mystery to you and you don't know how to do it, forget it. Everything has changed, and your competition may be swinging right out in front of you, and you're going to have some sleepless nights. So get on board. Get on board. Business made simple. That's how, that's one of the ways we're going to pivot our message. But I'm curious to everybody listening. You need a message coming out of this and. Today, we brought in Joshua Dubois. We brought him in three months ago. We bring him in every three months. He has a company in Washington, D.C. called Gage, and he basically does an enormous amount of research predicting future trends. You know, we go through in the interview, we go through the stuff he talked about in quarter one because it proved to be very prophetic and helpful. And then we get into what's going to be happening in quarter two and the messages that you need to be thinking about. Don, let me just reiterate for those listening, you need a clear message and it needs to be different than what you've been saying to your customers for the last 12 months. Because like you said, everything is changing. So if you want to pivot your message, this is going to be a really beneficial podcast. Not only what we just talked about, people are spending money on new things. People are having things delivered to their door. Uh, how do you get them to spend money with you? And that's one of the focuses we have with this recurring episode, this future casting episode predicting what's going to happen in the future. Well, here's my conversation with Joshua Dubois. Joshua, wonderful to have you back. Donald, great to be with you. Boy, your, your predictions for quarter one, I, I think, really turned out to be helpful for all of our listeners in terms of what would happen. You talked about you know four things, a hybrid normalcy, home-centered, people are going to prefer to work from home, a mute button because they're they're tired of the over communication that's being ha that's happening, especially on social media, and equity, and and especially the word equity. I want to camp on that before we transition into your predictions for quarter two. Yep. But talk to me about any elaboration that you've thought about or seen on hybrid normalcy in the market. Yeah, absolutely. I I think um, we were certain certainly seeing that play out. And man, if I. If only my NCAA bracket could be as accurate as what <laughs> you, you didn't pick Oral Roberts <laughs> University. Man, I had Ohio State go all the way. No, it, we, we are certainly seeing that hybrid normalcy play out where folks are trying to get back into their rhythm a little bit more. 
um, but they are adapting their habits and they're just doing things differently than they were in the past. It's not going all. It's not going back to exactly the way things were. And, we're, and we, in this context, what we were talking about is really sort of how people place orders. You yep. know, at a restaurant, they're probably going to go into the restaurant half as much as they used to, but they're still going to order out, even though COVID is going to be a thing of the past, hopefully relatively soon, or at least mostly a thing of the past. You know what I've noticed in terms of hybrid normalcy? QR codes. Yeah. QR codes have been around forever. Nobody really used them. They were sticking them everywhere. They were them. dead. They, they were, were dead. dead, and yep. now they are alive. I'm literally having QR codes put in the back of every one of my books. It's a thing that existed before. It's no more needed now than it was then, but COVID awoken us to the use of it. And, and Don, that's the space where I think business owners really need to lean into. It's not necessarily about these radical revolutionary inventions. It's more about people are more willing to either use things that they just skipped over before. And how can you tap into that, um, that, that desire of consumers? Or how can you build something that's just slightly better or a little bit more convenient? Right, right. So, you know, for even grocery delivery, grocery de- delivery has been around for years now, right? I never used shift, which I use all the time now yeah, until yeah. we got into this pandemic. And am I, I, and I very well will probably continue to use it 80% of the time rather than going in the, in, into the grocery store in the, in the future. And people like me are looking, are now more open to these types of innovations. And so if you ship a new app that makes people just, a, a, it makes things a little bit more convenient, a little bit more efficient, people are that much more likely to use it now. And so again, it's not about some radical reinvention. It's about going back to some stuff that maybe has been there before, or how can you tweak things slightly and and um, and tap into this desire of consumers. You know, sometimes when I think about business, I think of us we're all just surfers hanging out in the ocean looking for a wave. Yeah. And and I think that the QR code thing, the home delivery thing, that's a wave. And you want to be the first on that wave. So literally, you know, we try to make people a lot of money every time they listen to this podcast. QR codes, start putting them places, link them up so that when somebody takes a picture of that thing or, or holds it over their camera, it goes to a landing page where you can capture an email address. That there, make some money there. Just super, super practical. More folks are going to be on that journey to the airport or to transportation mm. or so if your business is somewhere along that pathway, I don't care if you're <laughs> you're making luggage or you have a restaurant that's physically located between a major population center and the airport, or you are somehow connected to travel there will physically be more people like my family and like many of yours that are hopping on airplanes more. If you can somehow tap into that pathway between an individual or a family and the airport and the airline industry and travel, um, there's a lot of uh, reinvigoration that's going to be happening in that space. Live events. You think live events are going to come back by the end of the year? Yeah, people want you want to know that you're going to help them get back out there safely, though, right? And so that's interesting. Have, holding those two concepts together all the time. So one, we're moving from hybrid normalcy and from kind of still kind of cocooning into more getting back out in the world, particularly as more people get vaccinated. But mentally, they want you to put that word safe there with it, right? And so, yes, if a live event is advertised to me in July or August or September. But they're also um, still communicating how that's going to be a safe event for me and my family. I'm going to be that much more uh, likely to jump on it. I love what Disney's doing right now. What do they do? Disney is planting the seeds in their advertisements for planning for 2022 or for later in 21 and saying, hey, when you're ready, 
we're going to be ready for you. And here's how we're going to be ready for you. So that got me and my wife all in. We're like, okay, cool. We can start planning this Disney trip because Disney gets it. They get that we're still a little concerned, but we want to get back out there. And so in your messaging and the way that you communicate, let people know that you're going to help them get back out there, but you're going to do so safe. I love it. So safety is a quarter two. That's going to be a quarter two focus. We want to highlight the ways that we still care about this issue and we're, right. we care about the safety of our customers. That's important. Going back to, we did hybrid normalcy, going back to home-centered. Can I just ask you a point-blank question? Should those of us who have used our offices at 10% capacity have not suffered, we've been able to work remote, do we need to sell that real estate? Yeah, it's a great question, Don. And and I'm and I'm not going to be hypocritical here and tell you exactly what we're doing. And so our team, we got about 30 folks across two companies here, and we're, we're growing all the time. Um, it, we are going to almost completely virtual. Um, and, um, and that's not for everybody. That is, is certainly not for everybody, but here's the reason it actually wasn't about safety. And, you know, eventually we will be able to get back together safely. And I think we could actually do that in a couple months and would encourage people to do so if they can. For me, it was about talent. I was able to make some amazing hires of some folks. I'm in DC, as you know, right outside of DC, two of the best people I've ever hired are based in New York. Right. And it got me thinking, my goodness, I can expand my ability to hire dramatically if I'm tapping into some other pools. I haven't decided um, you know, what we're going to do with the office space that we're leasing that we love. We probably will hold on to either that or something similar so that we can come back together once a month, once every two months and sort of be in the same space. But it's it's going to be more of a hybrid model um, that is not going to require people to be in the same exact space every day because I've been able to expand you know, our employment pool more. Now, that's just me. I think everybody's going to be different. We're doing the same thing. I mean, we're, we're going to, we'll get the whole staff together four times a year and we'll yep. have a place that people can go and get some work done, but there won't be individual offices. We will not be there. So home-centered, people are going to stay home-centered. And then the last big thing is, Don, the word solidarity. And this doesn't have to be some kind of squishy, you know, politically charged word. People have gone through some stuff in the last year, right? Whether that's folks who, you know, may have lost a job. Or even if you're thriving financially, maybe some family members were impacted by COVID. Um, you know, particular communities, our Asian American community is going through it right now. The notion that we are standing with you is an important thing to convey if you mean it, right? Like if you can find ways to say that, you know, we're standing with our customers this time, we're standing with those who are working with, but 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 solidarity, I think, is gonna be key as folks. Um, as folks look to see who their allies are and who they trust in the days ahead. I'd love to explain a little bit about that and the difference between equity and solidarity. Help me understand how our businesses can demonstrate equity, solidarity, what the differences are between the two. Yes. So so for equity, it means that you're thinking about folks who have not been given a shot and you're trying to invest in them so that they can have a shot. Now, does that guarantee the same outcomes for everybody? Absolutely not. Right. Um, but what it means is that we, we we acknowledge that not everyone always gets the same shot. And so if you can tee up some of those shots, whether that's investing in mentoring right for um, uh, within your industry or even um, as an, as a philanthropic thing you do or ensuring that as you're as you're interviewing people and hiring, you're you're conscious about the people that you might not normally engage in your hiring process and you give them a shot. Now, again, is that guaranteeing the outcome? No, they got They still got to compete, right? They still got to make sure that um, they're going to excel beyond expectations, but it's giving them a shot. Now, what solidarity means is we are standing with you, right? Yeah, and yeah. so your Asian American customers are going through a tough time. They're going through it. 
And, and so what that means is just literally saying in your messaging and your communications and your advertising, when folks walk into your physical location, I'm standing with you. I, I just want you to know I'm here with you. So now that does that maybe that's maybe that does feel a little squishy to some. But for me, it matters. And for me, it's actually helpful to know that I'm seen, I'm known and that my, my own journey is being respected and validated by the people that I'm working with and that I'm choosing to give my money to. And so it, it's it's solidarity means I'm standing with you. Equity means I'm giving people a shot that might not otherwise have had a shot. Well, and you know, we're going to spend a whole episode on this in the next few months. Bobby and I are working on an episode. You know, I started this Black-owned business cohort, and I started it because I woke up during the Black Lives Matter movement and realized somehow my company grew almost literally overnight into 30 white people. <laughs> and I thought, if I'm making this mistake, there's a lot of people making mistakes. On the theme of solidarity, on equity, you know, we really had a, such a strong Black Lives Matter movement last year. Now we're, we're awakening to the prejudices that are happening in our country. How can a guy like me and people listening to this podcast demonstrate more representation in their product offering, in their yeah. staff? And Because I think that's an ongoing theme for the next 20 years until we actually make some serious headway on this. And, and I'll say this, I'm just going to say it for my listeners. This scared me too, because I thought, boy, you know, if I have somebody on my team who makes some comment, I could get sued. I could, you know, yeah. I should just be quiet on this. And then you realize, no, I don't want to be on that side of history. And it's, it, it, my heart has come so alive. Yeah. What can you say on equity, solidarity, uh, yeah. rep, uh, equal representation, both in your workforce and your product offerings, those kinds of things. Do you have anything there? Yeah, absolutely, Don. So two things. One, um, although it can be, let's not immediately assume that bias is a bad word and acknowledge our own biases, right? And this doesn't have to be some squishy, super liberal concept. I'll give you an example in my own space. I realized that I was hiring a lot of dudes, man. I, I just had a <laughs> lot of men in terms of like, and I'm like, you know, is it, it's certainly not that there are not qualified, amazing women in the market research space and in sort of um, consulting and cultural engagement. It's just, that was the circle that I was around a lot, right? And so it was a bias. Then does that mean I'm anti-woman or a misogynist? No, it just means I had a blind spot. Let's, right. let's throw out the It's term a subconscious bias. bias. Let's throw out all the academic terms. Let's just say I had a blind spot, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and so that meant that in my next two or three hires, I said, I'm just committed to have a big pool of applicants that are amazing women. And it, and it took a little longer, right? Because I wasn't used to recruiting um, in specific targeted spaces. So I had to stick with it but the outcome was I hired some amazing women for our team that are that are killing it right now. And so acknowledge our blind spots. Don't don't be afraid of those blind spots. Lean into them and then do something about them. The second thing, and this is hugely important, lend to other communities what you already do best. And so what you just described, Don, is a great example. You know what you know how to do? You know how to do a lot of things really well. But one of them is Build, help people build amazing businesses, right? And, and give them the, the tools that they need um, to message their products and services to the world and to build really, really strong, sustainable businesses. So you didn't decide to go out and start a food pantry, right? You right, didn't decide right. to go out and, you know, I don't know, like donate suits for people that need interview suits. You decided to do a minority-owned business cohort. And that's exactly what people need to do. I think if there are realtors out there, you know, you might think about teaching uh, up and coming young people, you know, from a, from a local high school that has a lot of African-American graduates, 
how to about careers in in real estate, right? Like if you're if if yeah, there are yeah, stick to what you know. Yeah, that, that's so lean into what you do best, and I tell you, people appreciate it. They don't want they don't want to be charity recipients. They don't want to they don't want you to do something that's not comfortable for you. What they want is for you to tap into what you already know to empower them with something that they don't already know. We're not just talking about how to grow your business and how to position yourself for the future. We're talking about how to have a fulfilling business and one that brings you life. And it's a scary move for I know a lot of white folk out there going, man, I'm not a racist, but I'm not touching this thing. That cancel culture is going to kill me. And I'm I'm telling you, you know, if you're open and you're honest and you ask forgiveness and, you know, sure, you're going to have some people take pot shots at you. But uh, at the same time, you can really move the needle forward. Our business has become much better and much stronger for these moves. That's the testimony for for everyone who journeys into this space, man. I, I, I have grown that way again with women, with my gay friends. We are stronger as a result um, of those conversations. And, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and claim credit for this. As the most influential black friend in your life, Don, I feel like you've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joshua, we recapped Q1, and they're still rolling. Q2, can you summarize the predictions for Q2? Yeah, so so here's the thing. I think people are going to want to be sort of um, going to come back out into society, but it's going to be more of an escalator than an elevator. It's going to be a smooth path up um, that's more gradual. It's not going to be going from floor one to floor 10. Right. right away. And so what you want to communicate to folks um, is that uh, you're going to help them get back out there safely, right? So two things, get back out there, talk about the great stuff that's coming, talk about how you're going to be there uh, for them and with them, but you're going to do it safely. So get back out there safely is the, is prediction uh, number one. The second thing that's most, is very important is that um, expressing solidarity with people who have been through some stuff, right? And that might be- Empathy, empathy, empathy. Yeah. It might just be the fact that we've all had a pretty traumatic year. Um, you're going you're gonna to see people res- respond when you express solidarity. What does solidarity mean? It means I'm standing with you. So those are two, two big things. Get back out there safely. And this is a moment for solidarity. I love it, Joshua. Thanks for helping us understand what's going to happen in the future and position our businesses accordingly. Uh, Josh has a business called Gage. They're at gauge.ai. And if you want some specific data on what's going to be happening in your industry or want to hire Josh to do some future casting about what's to come, go to gauge.ai. Joshua, thanks for coming on. Man, it's a pleasure as always, Don. Looking forward to the next time. Did you know StoryBrand certifies marketing experts who can overhaul your marketing plan? This week's Marketing Minute tip comes from StoryBrand certified guide, Joe Caruana, who began developing and strategizing the launch of an online platform for world fitness champion, Liana Bartolo, after her personal training business suffered a blow from the global pandemic. She was hit very hard by COVID, like so many other businesses. And so when I certified in StoryBrand, it was the perfect opportunity to redo her messaging. Does your marketing clearly communicate the problem your product solves for customers? If not, hire a StoryBrand certified guide like Joe Caruana today at marketingmadesimple.com. Because when Joe immediately pivoted the messaging and virtual products available for her client's new online community, we created a six weeks challenge for this new community of hers. And when we launched, it sold out, absolutely sold out for her. And it worked brilliantly for her. So we're so pleased. Our StoryBrand guides are the best marketers in the world. They know how to get your business a huge return, and they're ready to work for you. Hire a StoryBrand guide today at marketingmadesimple.com.
Com. Future casting is tough. It is very difficult to predict what the future is going to be like, but we have to. As business people, we have to position our companies, our brands, our products so that we ride whatever wave is next so that we are relevant in the market. As you come up with your message and you uh, execute your sales funnel to reach the next group of consumers, and everybody's always changing, so there's always a next group of consumers, here's one thing to consider. If you get it wrong or if your campaign isn't working, pivot fast. There's a saying in writing, and it's this, be willing to kill your darlings. That's sort of a, a blunt, tough way of saying, don't chase sunk cost. If you have a massive effort to reach a market and it doesn't work, pivot quickly. A lot of companies will sit around and lick their wounds and talk about how they failed. But can you imagine a football team that uh, perhaps uh, got sacked behind the line of scrimmage and then everybody sulked for the next 10 minutes as they thought about how their plan didn't work? That team would assuredly lose. The idea in business is that you want to try something, then quickly try something else, then quickly try something else until something works. The real strategy is less about what you're trying and more about how quickly you rebound, get back up, and keep moving forward. We have to innovate quickly. So as you think about where we're going to be as a country, as a market, and you plan accordingly, just know you may have to go to plan B, plan C, plan D very quickly. The idea is to find a way to position your important product that solves a problem so that customers can understand in the language they are currently speaking, and the language is always changing. So you're going to have to change too. That's today's closing thought. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Business Made Simple, where we try to take the mystery out of growing your business. Thanks for joining us. Well, that's it for this week. But before we go, do you know someone who would get a lot out of today's episode? Then share it with them right now. We know they'd appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you want to become a Business Made Simple professional, sign up for Pro Access at businessmadesimple.com. When you do, you'll get all of our online courses plus access to live coaching sessions with me every single month. Sign up at businessmadesimple.com.